0: Drive-by Cinema! Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun! Okay, hello and welcome. It's Season 4, Episode 10. This is Drive-by Cinema, the podcast where we watch the movies so you don't have to. And by we, I mean my co-host Paul... And my
1: co-host Richard, although Thank it you. could also be our imaginary friends, it's, we're not excluding that possibility.
0: Imaginary friends come for free, don't they? That's
1: a nice they thing. They do. About it. They do, and often they win the cricket tournament against the wall.
0: Yeah, and I you can never to... beat my imaginary friend at cricket. It's, it's strange. He's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I didn't play wall cricket, though. I played wall football. You did. Football. Oh, oh. Wall football. Where was the, were the plant pots defenders?
1: Well, I mean, what was, what was your world here? Yeah.
0: No, like just microcosm. you know, you just kick the ball to the wall, and it's like and a pass, commentate. Isn't it? Yeah, you can commentate. There was, also, <laughs> there was also wall tennis as well. Now, wall tennis was exciting because of the shape of the wall that I had wow. when I was a kid. It wasn't just I mean, a me,
1: me and Richard laughed at last this episode. We kind of got lost in 70s reflections, didn't we? It wasn't about pace of Suites and that kind of thing, so it was okay. It was more about mobile phones that came in the 80s, so I think it was okay. But I think reflections about commentating on your own sort of solitary sports affairs is, I think, it's part of the course. I think it's allowable. So you so were saying the wall. It's
0: what you had to do for, to make... Mm. You had to make your own entertainment, didn't you? When well, you I mean, were these days, if we saw a
1: child essentially... Padding around essentially what was the size of a small cage backyard, talking
0: to itself <laughs> with an imaginary friend. I'm sure we'd have cause for concern, wouldn't we? But in those days, it was normal. It was healthy. Listen, Paul, last week, last week we were talking a little bit about my brush with death, with COVID. COVID, yeah. And How close did you come, Richard? My Well, my loss of did smell. Did you see the scythe? I didn't feel that bad at all, except for the loss of smell that we had. And mentioned. is it perpetuating your loss of smell? Certainly it certainly hasn't come back oh, fully. God, I feel
1: vindicated. anosmia.
0: Anosmia is the word. Is that what
1: it's called? And Richard obviously has taken the time to take a deep dive into this stuff. So please educate us, because I don't know anything about loss of smell.
0: No, I didn't look up anything about loss of smell. Oh. I just wanted to mention something quite curious about smell, which I thought... We, In we'd the two weeks
1: look- since you've had COVID, smearing molten chocolate
0: up your nostrils doesn't help. Is that what he's are saying? Like? No, no. Oh, sm- Okay. <laughs> okay let me ask you this question how does smell work what's the scientific right okay there's two
1: smells there's fundamental mouth mouse smells which are your four basic flavors they think there might be six including ammonium chloride weirdly it's just been discovered this week four five definitely five umami maybe six ammonium or something like that chloride (laughs) and uh there you go that's half the press that's bleeding
0: edge research and then of course you've got your nose smell nose tastes which essentially smells smells yes okay Mm. So how does smell work? You told me about taste. You didn't tell me anything about smell there. No, taste Taste is a combination of fundamental tastes, the mouth tastes, and back-of-the-nose smells. Yeah, I'm asking you about smells. Let's just forget about taste. Okay, so how do smells work? How does smell work? Phew. <sighs> Have you ever seen that sort of didactic technique where you explain a concept in different well, levels, starting yeah, with like primary okay. school? The and answer
1: then, is uh, uh, smells don't work if your brain is fried.
0: Right, okay. Again, this isn't really explaining smell
1: though, is it? <laughs> well, it, it? smells why you, know, why, why, you, why you can't smell if you had COVID.
0: Uh, sure, okay, but listen, how do. Uh, forget COVID now, we're talking about normal but human. Are we beings.
1: saying the virus invaded the brain? Is that what we're saying? I don't know, Paul. That's fucking
0: scary. If it is scary, how does smell work, Paul? What's the scientific explanation? Come on, I I have to do a GCSE next week, Paul. Chew to me. I'm teaching this next week, actually. Uh, <laughs> I've just got parents ringing up
1: saying, oh, by the way, you know... How does she, spell work? <laughs> no, he and she did so well in their GCSE biology. Uh, would you mind doing A-level biology with them? And, like, I've been sort of like... I've been jetting up on A-level biology with the idea of, you know, getting but some... But this
0: cool should be easy for you, Paul. Business. Why is it so difficult? If I'm delaying because like, I don't... Well, I'm going to
1: say some things that are going to be wrong, Okay, okay. So I'm thinking thin
0: blood vessel layer. Okay, right. right. So you're saying it goes straight into the blood. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then the blood carries it to the I smell centre of spleen. <laughs> Whether there are I don't know, really.
1: I mean, it must be like... A, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay,
0: well, okay, so let's explain in the simplest terms. Molecules... No, forget molecules. Little bits of whatever it is you're smelling are in the air... When aerosol you, when they, when they go in your nose, they wind up in your nose, and your, your nose can tell what they are, and that's what smell is. So, right. But, okay. So they latch on, like, presumably, to receptors. There's some receptors. Key lock okay. Well, now we're in the next
1: level of explanation, aren't we? This is high school stuff. Right. Okay. Stuff. Now, so when you're a kid, you can't actually smell those smells. The weird thing is, you know, you grow to smell black currants. You grow to smell blueberries. You grow to learn to smell raspberries and those wonderful florals, slightly heady taste. I, I think raspberry is the best ripe raspberry is the best sort of food smell in the world. It's incredible. Bold, incredible. Very bold time. A very bold chem. It's an amazing smell, you would agree. Yeah. Sure, But I okay. don't think we smell it like that when we're young. Okay. Particularly like, I'm not talking about synesthesia, but the fact that, you know, purple skittles and green skittles are actually the same flavour, except there's no way you, having looked at them, could ever taste them as being the same. So our brain is projecting different symmetries of taste it's top down yeah it's, it's top, top down. down and we learn that top down so that that fragrant florality of
0: raspberry is it learned is it genetic you know it's an interplay of the two things so again let's imagine a textbook at school at high school say maybe even a levels and the diagram you, you're going to see might resemble this it might depict little molecules mm-hmm. of whatever substance is in the air as a little shape like a spiky ball or a wavy line or that's broad. right
1: Fitting and, into a receptor yeah,
0: yeah. now that, and that's the key and lock model. yes the idea is the shape of the molecule, which probably works into. for a lot of
1: biology, a lot of uh, hmm. a lot of obviously enzyme activity surely a yes. heck of a lot of uh, active transport in terms of carrying things against the grain into our cells. yeah
0: but this is I guess the conventional explanation of smell: true the key and lock model, but it's not undisputed and it's there not is current. a second theory oh. A competing theory? A competing theory. Now,
1: is it contested by more than 0.01% of the scientific population?
0: This is the weird thing. This seems to have been a controversy for years, well over a decade, maybe more. Okay. And I don't know why it's so difficult to find tests that prove Uh one way or the other. But let me tell you this. Look, okay, this is the reason why...
1: In science, I was going to say we, but science has to get its house in order. It has to maintain and publicise its ferocious, legitimate debates. Or you're going to have people saying, ah, there are some scientists that disagree with global warming. Unless we publicise that these debates can happen productively in science, then we've got no excuse when, when, when closed minded people say, well, all debate has been shut down. I mean, 99.99% of scientists agree that global warming is human-caused. But unless we publicise other arguments where there is genuine dispute between scientists, then who's ever going to believe in that broad
0: consensus? Don't disagree. But listen, so the thing about smell is... <sighs> Sorry, in, imagine there. Imagine the shape theory of smell. It would suggest that molecules with similar shapes mm-hmm. would fit into the same receptor site and therefore smell, not the, smell the same. That doesn't
1: always happen. It doesn't work because shit and channel five, Chanel number five, are exactly the same shape. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me? I don't know that,
0: but I mean, that, would, that would be a great poo poo of argument, wouldn't it? Yeah. it would literally be a poo poo. It would a po poo poo poo.
1: a poo poo poo
0: The the alternative theory yeah. is referred to as a vibration model. Ooh. Now, what this suggests is, is that what well it is basically, but it's it's bond resonance. That what smell is measuring okay. is yeah. the resonance of the bonds. Now, it's controversial.
1: Isn't that because also
0: a lock and key in its essence, though? Only if the key had a spring on it and you were measuring how quickly the spring was vibrating when you put it it's in got,
1: the keyhole. It's got to vibrate at the same, direct, at the same frequency as the receptor, hasn't it? I don't know.
0: I mean, this here's a problem. I haven't seen an explanation of exactly how the nose does this job. It's normally achieved with a sophisticated piece of scientific equipment, isn't it, when they measure bond resonances in the laboratory. Oh, right, OK. But it is the case that... You can make some predictions that the lock and key model fail on Mm -hmm. by looking at bond resonances. And so, you know, common smells might have similar bond resonance sort of ranges. Whoa. But I guess the fact that they don't know a definitive answer implies it may be a hybrid, that maybe both things are going on at different points. I don't know.
1: I, I, I don't think either precludes the other, does it?
0: Probably not. interesting though isn't it you would have thought we would have had the basic senses nailed down by now wouldn't you but the the thing is if they nail smell then they would have a complete theory of smell they could take any molecule or any chemical and they'd know how it was going to smell in advance which is amazing and you could also generate smells you could synthesize them with a computer program in what you want and it would generate a smell for you we can't do that because we don't know I, I would say our them. smell
1: industry is somewhat lacking I mean like the only smell engineering that we do because I mean sight it's engineering we, months, watch we watch two hour videos don't we food we watch oodles of TV you know we watch music videos I mean everything is engendered towards the aesthetics and the enjoyment of sight, but really, all we've got like for smell is uh, some coffee shops, donut places, and curry houses pump out their smell around the back of the kitchen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it, really, isn't it? In terms it's of still smell, alchemy, isn't it? It's tinctures and stuff, and ambergris and stuff like that that you have to get out of the course, wells. Perfume, okay, yeah, perfume, odor oh. toilet, however you want to call. It. Why, Paul, is everyone so sniffy <laughs> about? <laughs> About what we call Lynx body spray, and what the Americans, call we, I think, uh, haven't spray. we had this? Argument I, I don't already. know. It's it's designed by a perfumier somewhere in the same way. It's just mass produced, but it's it's the same basic idea. There's nothing okay, special. Okay, so about it. I mean, are, are we talking
1: about class, age, or rarity here that devalues it,
0: or lack of rarity? It's something to do with class, which we're going to be discussing in the movie. Ah, in terms of the quality of the smell. The only thing that would dissuade you from
1: saying it's as high quality as other perfumes is that you've smelt it too often. I, so I think away from class, if you're not a snob, you could still dislike Lynx because you smell it too often is all I'm going to say.
0: But Fair enough. I mean, each I, of their know, own, I, I, not I telling anybody Sainsbury's. what they want to
1: like. I went to Sainsbury's under duress because usually it's two of them. There's like the skinny, the skinny middle-aged white guy and the bearded Asian guy, the two security guards. And I swear they think I'm a perp. A perp. Oh, so yeah. I'm <laughs> Is that almost words like they've used? <laughs> I'm sure they Perp, long, scary, long hair. Perp. Uh, uh, st- on the milk Kyle. Yeah, they just they stand blatantly at the end of whichever aisle, aisle I'm at, and then they come and watch me at the checkout, right? So I don't go into Sainsbury's often because of that. And David Sainsbury, can you sort your staff out, please? Because uh, they see me donating to the food bank. You know, my cheap baked beans and my cheap rice pudding, and also today my cheap uh, Sainsbury's own brand chocolate. Right. So they know, you know if I have if I've five fingers on these, it's just to give to the poor. And so so I went on that underdress to
0: buy some deodorant, is the reason is they heard you telling people to, to weigh your avocados and onions. The other yeah. week. <laughs> They're on to you. That is just all
1: over. It's not me. Did anybody not know that? In what sense did I <laughs> aid and abet people with knowledge that they didn't already have? That hadn't That's my defence.
0: I wouldn't work. know what an expensive
1: vegetable was. That's my problem. You make a very fair point. but So I go in there to buy deodorant, right? And okay? I, I don't want spray. I want roll on. And I want the wet kind of rollerball version. I don't The ballpoint pen version. Okay, And they haven't got it for men. Right. And there is, get, like. You just know, get I've women's had, stuff, Paul. It's a little scentless. Oh. So the only option I've got is Old Spice And it's the old-fashioned roll-on Which is like a bar, a soft bar of lipstick or soap I don't know if you know what I mean
0: I do know what you mean,
1: yes yeah, But that stuff is serious quality perfume Really? Old Spice is a really, really nice flavour And because it's been out of fashion and laughable And let's face it, working class for so long People haven't used it And if you were to return to Old Spice You would find yourself a gem of a male fragrance
0: Paul, it's huge. It's on the adverts all the time. Is it? Oh. Yeah, I'm afraid it's sort of back in fashion, I think. It's, come back it's, a, it's It's a really nice fragrance. It's lovely. All right. It's time to talk about a movie, Paul, no matter <laughs> yes. what we try and, try and me do and to show avoid it. Let's, Slap me and shut me up. Let's listen to your music. Let's talk about a film that's as recent as 2008. Yeah. Well, is it that old?
1: Yeah, okay, it's, it's 15, amazing, isn't it? 15 yeah. years old, okay. I've forgotten the title. It's actually called Eden Lake, isn't it? A British production. Which It is. Back in the eons of time, I did actually see once, late night, at a party. Sort of half-watched it. Party movie,
0: yeah. Uh, party. You're not really paying attention, are you? No. Oh, no, like I wasn't it. at the time, but I am now, I am now. It's written and directed by James Watkins. Good, because I haven't looked up any details, so... Did he go on to Bigger and Better Things? He did The Woman in Black, which I think was with the guy did, uh, Harry Potter. Whoa! Daniel Radcliffe, isn't it? Yeah. I see. Very scary Oh, when movie. Daniel got serious. Yeah, yeah, he's had a career after uh, Hogwarts, yes. hasn't he? It's quite a depressing movie, isn't it? Overall? It is. It's harsh and unrelenting, isn't it? I told you it was a horror movie that had the reputation for being quite bleak. Gory, grotesque, uh, yeah. and unremitting levels of quite icky violence. It stars an actress called Kelly Riley. Mm-hmm. She's playing a teacher at the start who's uh, like a primary school teacher or an infant school.
1: I yeah, know, I think she's supposed to be
0: like a sexy primary school teacher. Is that the general vibe we're going for? I mean, she's part of a young couple, and her boyfriend is Michael Fassbender, or Steve. Steve. Steve and Jenny. Jenny, Lovely couple.
1: You'd think they'd be getting married. They're they're just so good together. Well, hold that thought,
0: Paul, because I think Steve has plans to propose.
1: Maybe he's going to whisk her off to a really, really nice location to propose.
0: Yeah, he knows a secluded location that he's been to before. Diving, I think, because it's a flooded quarry. Quarry, mm, yeah, especially. I'm not sure I'd be bought as a on a flooded quarry as being like a beautiful natural location. You didn't think it was? Uh... No, I mean
1: just the idea, like, oh, we're going to a really nice location. It's a flooded quarry. Hmm. I mean, it's not necessarily the way to sell it, is it?
0: I agree with you.
1: I agree with you. you Got to go there quickly within the next few weeks because guess what? It's been bought up by developers, and they're going to plodge, splodge, bump, put, however you want to put it. They're going to cut and paste, copy and paste. 300 or so executive homes around it and spoil it forever. Enjoy it. Enjoy the freedom while it lasts.
0: He's picked her up at her job somewhere in central London. Yeah. And they're driving out into the countryside. I don't know where they said they were going.
1: I don't I, know, but the kids kind of talk either mid... Well, kids they meet later, kind of talk mid-country or northern... They're kind of Derbyshire. So. Uh, Derbyshire, well, yes. Maybe Nottinghamshire, somewhere like that.
0: I think it was filmed in Buckinghamshire, but of course that's movie magic stuff, isn't it?
1: Yes, so no messy, We get to we get to Eden Lake pretty quickly, don't we? Although a few false starts because, of course, it's been it's been barricaded and cordoned off by the uh, construction company. So uh, Steve doesn't quite remember the way, in, but he gets there and they get to the lake's
0: edge pretty quickly. I think now first they've got, got to go to their B and B, which is important. That's right. I'm sorry. It's important yeah. for the end of the film, isn't it? They go to the B and B and it's it's in one of those kind of rural areas where obviously this is like the pub and everybody kind of knows everybody. Reminiscent of Hot Fuzz which I think was out around the same time. It is, it is, although I think it's an even smaller kind of village than the one depicted in Hot Fuzz. They're trying to go into a vacant parking lot just outside the B&B. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. But they get beaten to it by some, you know, in a, like, Cosworth or something. So, yeah, it's 2008.
1: Cosworths are kind of indication of Gosh, white man van... It might have
0: been Impreza, Subaru, Acostory. I don't
1: There's a class element here. And, of course, they're in the precursor of Chelsea Tractor, aren't they? Which, these days, we would see
0: as maybe the more brusque driver on the road. Because this film is all about class. Really? And our heroes are intensely middle class. I mean, despite the they fact are. teachers are paid shit for a tough job. But clearly, they're middle class. He's a diver and you know, she lives in London. You can't and, get a diving licence unless you've got 15,000
1: 15, spare in, in the bank. And who has these days? Not a lot of people. It's surely not a cheap hobby, is it? No, it's not cheap to train. I mean, you, you're, spending, you're spending 15 grand to get trained up to be a, a professional diver. You
0: know. I mean, there aren't many hobbies where you have to actually buy the air you need to breathe to do it. <laughs> it's like a Thatcher I dream, isn't
1: it? <laughs> used to come in our swimming pool though, when I was in a little swimming club. I used to go and train in a 20-metre-long swimming pool. Right. Yeah,
0: well, you I never... don't know what they
1: did. Right, because, well... like, three flips, you were know, to one end, aren't you? I think they just used to try out their, their, their air tanks there. That's know? right, e- yeah. Equalise They've their got pressures.
0: to train doing all of the breathing through a tube, don't they? Oh, right,
1: okay. Well, as a child, you think, what's the fucking point in that? You know, the reason you're going to go underwater is so you can flip... Do your flipper thing, you know?
0: <laughs> do your mermaid thing. So despite the fact that you've spent a lot of your life swimming, Paul, you've never been tempted to try diving. I, I've done a lot of snorkeling snorkeling, okay mm. which, by the way, I hate no actual dive diving though I've never done diving but I have
1: worn a long snorkel like an 80cm, I don't know how big it was like a long snorkel that meant I could be seen, just, stay, just stay in the water forever basically but not very but, far underwater
0: you know? Do you know how far do you know what the longest snorkel you could use is? No idea, no It's not much longer than that I mean, i would surprise you could use an 80cm snorkel
1: I don't know how long it was. I mean, I'm just guessing here.
0: Because only like, only a foot or two below the water, you cannot use a breathing tube. No, you're right. Yeah, I don't the know. pressure like, is too great.
1: Like that. But what you do is you go down, and then you spurt it out whilst without fully surfacing. Is what I'm saying.
0: Right. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. Sure. And I suppose if it's lying flat, you wouldn't be significantly deeper, would you? So that would no. be That would be fine.
1: But no, I've never been diving. Although I have, I have, you know, somebody else has passed me the tank. I've put on the... Aqualung.
0: Aqualung and, and done that breathy thingy. But I've never actually... It does there. not appeal to me. I cannot imagine diving. having to breathe through something that's in my mouth. It must be very, very restricting and somewhat terrifying. Claustrophobic. Is that the right word? I don't know. Yeah. But just... Mm, I never liked wearing braces as a kid. The idea of having to have a thing in my mouth all the time. No, it just... Ugh, but luckily, it.
1: they've got a Jeep wagon, though, which is like, a very slim line, very small-looking 4x4 these days, uh, which romps
0: through the woods, and they end up with a beach side, isn't it, where they unpack quickly. Yeah, right? they have They have to go what they would call green-laning, don't they? They have to go yeah. off-road, actually drive through the trees. They find the end of the fence the developers are erecting. That's right, yeah. And they find their way into Eden Lake, or Slatton Quarry, as I think it was signposted as. Eden Lake, the name of the development, yeah. Okay. No, I think Eden Lake was the park. I see. It it was a quarry, then it was flooded, and it became a park. (laughs) With you. With, you know, a trail. And it's actually really a kind of giant dog toilet, isn't it? Whenever you get any of these areas, (laughs) all that happens is people take their dogs there uh, so their dogs can have a run around and have a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they might pick them up in plastic bags. And sometimes they might pick up the plastic bags and throw, and the throw them into the edge. trees. Why? why? Why just leave them on the ground, surely, at that point? Because unlike cyclists, you can't run over dog owners <laughs> legally.
1: So like cyclists skip onto the pavement, or maybe a red light. You know, I haven't been cut up several times by a car before the red light. What happens? All the cars run over the cyclists. You know, obviously. That's the person to blame for all the wolves on the road. But no, I mean, dog owners are different, aren't they? They arrive in their estate cars. They can happily throw that shit wherever they want to. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to run them over. Just we get some dog cruelty here, don't we? In this movie, that's all I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to set us set us
0: up for that moment. I don't know. This dog cruelty—it's a tragic accident. But I'm so yeah, before she, that, do you think? But do you think we should have limits on the number of dogs in the country? Increasingly, yes, I do. Yeah. I think, first of all, all dogs, all pets, should be neutered by law.
1: Yeah, the other thing is, I, I, I'm happy for you to say, no, I'm not going to live to the constraints of dog, dog limits, yeah? But then I think we should have, like, outer-city zones where you can go and live with as many dogs as you want to.
0: In a dogging community.
1: <laughs> you know, in, like, uh, out in the wilds where there are cats and dogs and maybe raccoons that people keep as pets and maybe ravenous chimpanzees. I don't know. Like, a, a free pet <laughs> zone. I You know, I don't, re- I don't believe in fundamentally... Restricting people's rights to have ridiculous numbers of pets, but at the same yeah, time, as long as they're ghettoised in city, they're not allowed to leave. Yeah. If we're in city or in town, I think it should be a limit of maybe one per ten people or so.
0: Okay, it's a reasonable amount. Sorry, anyway. Yeah, Jenny and sorry. Steve they parked their car, having found the lake or near the lake,
1: and they I find- say it was a really uncomfortably not big enough shore. Surely, well, and the weather looked goosebumpingly inducingly cold it was kind of sure, and i've been to lakes like this up in the lake district where it's a bit like when you're sitting on a sofa that's too near the radiator and too close to the coffee table in front and you just feel like you can't move
0: well it's not like a beach it's a lakeside isn't it yeah and it's not a lake lakeside it's a, a, quarry. a, a disused quarry Flooded quarry. Like, like I'd say, my first instinct with the quarry was like, that's not
1: beautiful, Steve. They should develop the shit out of this place. I quite agree. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's basically,
0: it's a brownfield it site, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's full of a of disu- toxins. It's an industrial... I'll through it there. Disused <laughs> quarry. is an industrial site. Of course you should develop it. Develop the shit out of it. As a residential area, it would look nice. Nice water feature. Absolutely. Anyway, but that's not what the middle class think, is it? So... Our middle-class couple, they get out of their little car and they find, in the woods, near to the lake, a southern Asian boy on a on a bike, writing in a notebook. Yeah. I think Jenny tries to communicate with him, are you okay, that kind of thing. But he's not very chatty, is he? No. As they sunbathe by the lake, obviously they're doing coupley things, they're snogging and stuff. At this point... A couple of hoodlums, or yobbos, or young people, as you call them. I think 2013, show... <laughs> what would we call them? Chat, 2008, Paul.
1: 2008, oh. Yobbos, I don't know, what do you call them? Hoodies, or whatever. Don't know if they were hoodies at the time.
0: They show up and they Townies, start... Townies, potentially, even. But they're not in town, are they? They're rural. This is they what's quite strange about this film. But they, they start bullying the little Asian kid. The couple are having sort of to, to watch this from afar warily. Mm. One of them brings more. More of their mates arrive. The gang arise One of them's got a, a Rottweiler, which in two thousand and eight was one of the demon dogs that everyone was frightened <laughs> was, of. course, yeah. Nowadays, a Rottweiler is a family pet, presumably. Nowadays, it's all about they are dogs, relatively you know, well-natured, actually.
1: I think Rottweilers really got the bad end of some somewhat exaggerated.
0: They've got bad PR, way. haven't they? They don't employ yeah.
1: the right PR people. That's the problem. Lovely <laughs> little ones. chunky wunky wow, <laughs> so lovely, wovely. Right, okay, there we go. All the best to chew on you with. Right, okay, so these children are objectionable. I guess we call them youths.
0: One of them, well, the leader of the gang, Brett, yes. I think he's called. Brett, he's called Brett. He's played by Jack O'Connell. Yes. Who, of course, you know, Paul. Yes, yes. Right, that was a cool one. We need to say no more about Jack O'Connell. Fine.
1: Very
0: well, though. Who is he? Well, I first saw him in Skins, actually. Oh right! Well, I probably not him from Skins because I was a, a fifth year of Skins. The thing about Jack O'Connell is, and it's true in Skins and it's true in this film, gets his I cock out a lot. Find him unpleasant. It, I is do he meant not to like be unpleasant? Him. Of course he is. It's good acting. It's good casting. But, yeah. and I'm sorry, Jack. I just I take against him quite oh, swiftly. as a person, I do a, not like as a character. As a character, yes. Oh, okay, but also slightly like, as a person, it's carried over. He's... I, d- I don't know. I don't know the guy. Do I, I can't say Jackie that. Jack, he listened story. to this. Yeah, but me, it's uh, his revelatory. It's awful, but I just don't like him. I. I so <laughs> he's an effective character because he is supposed to be. the... Antagonist. He was convincing
1: in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, his girlfriend, I presume, has got that way of calling another woman a dog. When, yeah. when they say, can you keep your dog under control? She comes back to, to Steve and says, can you keep your dog under
0: control? She <laughs> does, yeah. That's, she she's does. played by Finn Atkins, and she's been in some stuff as well, but she's called Paige, the character in this. Paige, that's right. Well, eventually they bugger off, don't they? But not until they flash their cocks as they're
1: walking past our young starstruck lovers. I
0: think while, something like while, that, while Steve sausage, was going for know. a swim in the lake, the dog had been bothering Jenny. He goes over and tells them to turn the music down, keep your dog under control, and they take the piss, obviously. Mm-hmm. She wants to move, but he doesn't want to back down. That's Jenny wants to yeah. move, Steve doesn't to I, want I have to down. say, Steve, you know, Steve, a little bit stubborn, isn't he? He's got an ego problem. Somehow. You know, when
1: teenagers annoy you, the answer is to either walk on or swiftly, resolutely take ultimate revenge. There's only got two options. You can't kind of go and remonstrate with them. Mm, interesting advice, Paul. You probably should not bother because. you should not bother, but if you're gonna bother, make sure you know you've got strychnine in some sort of <laughs> some sort of flower spray bottle, and you trip over and sp- splash it into their faces, kind of stuff. Okay. Or a sneaker ball
0: in a sock, yeah, well, you know. It's, yeah. it's
1: got to be ultimate, and it's got to be heartless because they will prey on any kind of soft heartedness.
0: any weakness. Yes. yes. weakness they'll spot you've got to go right for the jugular. You're right. You eventually leave, and the couple are going to make camp. And they're going to camp? Even though they've got a and I don't know why. Now oh, so there There's no tide in small bodies of water, is there? Or insignificant tide? Uh, they're all alone at night, camping in a tent. Not washed night, away, because
1: there's no tide.
0: I suppose it's romantic, though I don't really get the appeal. No. of Richard, yeah. you've
1: talked about this before. You do not like the number of insects that appear in the wild. And that's a fair
0: concern, I would say. I have... Listen, I did once shag... In the woods, you did not. And I got so in some... a tent. No, oh, I, I, I oh, openly. We oh,
1: no, no, Richard. <laughs> was it on the pretext that other people might see that other people did see, or no. did you actually do it when people were walking past so they would see? No, it was one of those is criminal, Richard. <laughs> it
0: was not my intention. I mean, to if be it was see. an individual
1: man doing flash, that's reprehensible. Just because you're a couple and you're already canoodling and, and other people see your bits. That's criminal too, everybody. Stop it. Just because you're together doesn't make it okay. It wasn't my idea. The girl I was with wanted to do it. What did she say? She said, come on, let's leave the pub now at 10.20. Let's run down to the woods. No, It was the middle of the day, Paul. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Like, were the woods nearby? Without disclosing different locations, were the woods nearby to where you
0: you had to scuttle the scurry from? Yeah, they were nearby, yeah. They were a walk away, yeah. (laughs)
1: Get your wife, i getting the boner. Come on, going
0: to <laughs> but yeah, I got covered in insect bites. That was my that was the legacy of that. Did you not take
1: like a travel rug or something? No, no, so you got all stabbed by twigs and whatnot.
0: Well, I mean, we found a clearing, you know, clear area. Um, well, this is more detail than is necessary. <laughs> well, just want to say. I I'm intrigued
1: how anybody would ever try that. You know, if you're
0: not, I near, did suggest
1: it once and I was ah. quickly told to you know, it was a busy city there was no way we could do that where we wouldn't be seen
0: If you're not near a porcelain toilet and running water sex is a, purely a survival strategy isn't it? Yeah. You should only be doing it to, to recreate the next generation not for fun. It can't be fun in those conditions, that's all I'm saying That's a fine observation Maybe Jenny is an earthier girl than than I would be for instance <laughs> They spend their time overnight. During the
1: night, Steve decides to play a trick on Jenny where he pretends to be a slavering rottweiler outside the tent. He gives her a jump scare, doesn't he? It's a good jump scare because we thought, as viewers, it was like is it Steve? No, it's not. Oh, oh, it is. Okay, so it's quite nice, actually.
0: They open their food and it's full of insects, suddenly. Exactly, there we go. So they go to a greasy spoon. They try to go back to town but the kids have put Bottles That's underneath right. his tyres, and when he tries Little to drive tikes. away, punches his tyre, doesn't he? He has to change to a spare. Could you change a spare? I couldn't change a spare these days. I don't know how, I know how to do it. It's pretty easy, Paul. I uh, know so,
1: it, it, it was easy,
0: uh, but you, you've got to take off the bolts, nuts, or whatever. Uh, uh, they have security nuts. Yeah, you have to use a special adapter in your glove. And where's compartment. the adapter? Obviously. Usually in your, so it'd be in your glove compartment or under, under the Floor of your boot, won't right. it? With despair, maybe. And these days it's all emergency
1: tyres, isn't it? It's not a real wheel. Well, you're not going to have a full alloy, are you, under your. Well, we used to, didn't we, 25 years ago? It's probably a space saver, yeah. Troublesome things cars are. Since my car <laughs> went kaput, I've just realised that I've got hours and hours of week that appear from not having to generally
0: bother about my car. Hmm. I'm sure that's true, and I can understand that. But you can get more reliable cars that don't need so much (laughs) fretting about them. What I would say, though, it is amazing that after all this time in the automotive industry kind of developing things, and we have adaptive cruise control and cars that nearly drive themselves, but we still have pneumatic rubber tyres that can be punctured. That's surprising, isn't it? You'd think they would have come up That is kind
1: of stupid, yeah
0: better tyres by now.
1: But why do our light bulbs not
0: last forever? Same kind
1: of reasons. Well, they do. An LED virtually does last forever. They do, yeah. That's the problem, isn't it?
0: It's a problem if your business is selling incandescent light bulbs.
1: Philip's new. They said, oh, what the heck. Let's technology transfer all our key assets out to China because once these things start being manufactured, nobody's making any fucking money from them. Yeah. Right, uh, so they go to Greasy Spoon and what happens eventually
0: when they fix Well, they try and catch the kids. They see them on bikes, don't they? They do. They almost crash their car into a dead end. They take their bikes down what we'd call a ginnel. A ginnel. Alleyway. And there's bollards, so he can't follow them. Nor should he. It would be very dangerous.
1: So then they go in this Greasy Spoon and ask the mother-aged server about the kids that might have been hanging around. And at first, she's conducive to helping them find these little troublesome types. But then, I think she realises that one of them might be her own. Is that right?
0: Yeah, so she takes against them, doesn't she? Yeah. She gets just, very defensive, like kids, mother bear kids. kind of territory.
1: Mother bear, mum's net territory, yeah. DDD, dear darling daughter. She gets into DDD and DDS territory. You mean a mum's net?
0: <laughs> no. There's no, a whole what? set of acronyms that they
1: refer to the, you know, dear darling husband, DDH, DDS, dear darling son.
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, it's it's. Imagine you know, like Discord, but with pink cushions and teddy bears.
0: Right. Okay, uh, I'm imagining. Why are you going on Mum's Net? Are you spying on your kids? That... <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Why? And there was a reason. Oh, because sometimes when I'm doing searches, the search will be an answer on Mum's Net. Oh, what well, like educational kind of? Educational. Thing. Like how many kids are going? How many kids are applying for this? Grammar school, 11 plus this year, can I? Oh, right. The answers are on mums not everybody, not on the student record, not on the student day, We're not on these big student signs. Mums know best. M- mums
0: know best. While they're driving around the town after, I think, having had their breakfast, they see a bunch of the kids' bikes on the lawn of a house. They fucking do, yeah. And Steve gets really aggro about it all, and he stops the car, tries to knock on the door, but there's nobody there. He goes inside the house like a lunatic... I don't yes. know why anyone would do that. And as he's poking around inside the house, angry white van driver returns home, finds the drive is blocked by Steve's car, with Jenny in the passenger seat going, oh, uh, sorry, I didn't know. So she has to reverse because this guy's beeping his horn and getting furious. Because he's going to that house that Steve's inside, and so it's a huge moment of tension, isn't it? As We get a classic hide-in-the-wardrobe moment where he doesn't hide in the wardrobe. He, he climbs out of the window, yeah. jumps over the fence.
1: He recognises, you know, these weird. That there's a wild element to these local, working-class, done well, white van drivers, and they're extended,
0: somewhat roaming families. He's got a big hole in the wall, so there's clearly anger management issues going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he's punched. Did you ever
1: punch a wall? Did you ever punch a hole in a wall as a teenager? I, did. I have
0: punched a wall as a teenager. Absolutely, yeah. And, oh. and it's plasterboard, your
1: hand goes through it. So I'm not sure we need to call the psychiatrist on this. Although later, when we see what Brett does, I mean there are other reasons for indicating Brett isn't a healthy, happy boy. So, yeah, we've got the horror scene. We've got a mad, crazed dad. We've got annoying children. And we've got a really sanctimonious, sulking girlfriend. So Steve's in a desperate situation, isn't he?
0: They return back to the lake, though. He's escaped from the garden, jumped over a wall, got away just in time. They go back to the lake, Steve goes diving He's clearly gearing up to propose to his girlfriend But just as he's about to do that He figures out that their beach bag has gone Which had their car keys in it Wallet And their wallet, yeah,
1: all the stuff Only one crew that could have taken it It's them darn kids, isn't it?
0: So they run back to the car But the car has gone
1: Oh, not being joyrided, has
0: it? They walk to the road
1: and the car appears
0: with the kids in it, nearly running them over. They go back to the camping area by the lake and they see there's a campfire now because it's dusk as dusked. Is that how they locate the kids? I didn't know that. Yeah, they saw the fire through the woods. And these kids, I think they caught a badger in a cage. They are. Like they're, they're, they're literally badger baiting.
1: Like badger baiting. Yeah. <laughs> badger baiting means to set the dogs on them. Here they've caught the badger. They're still
0: baiting it. You know, they're torturing a poor badger. Steve, what can he do? He goes to confront them. He needs his he car says, keys and his wallet and his phone back. He says, "Wait a minute! Are you wearing my sunglasses?" He says, "Not
1: us, mate." Yeah, he's got his Ray Bans. mate. Can't afford them, mate.
0: There is an yeah. altercation. A little kind of fight happens. The dog is going crazy. Blades are drawn, and one kid pulls a knife, which Steve wrestles off him. I think. Well, there's a they're having a. He's having to fight them with the with by grabbing the knife, isn't he? But the dog jumps up, and is sliced by the knife while they struggle. Mm. And sadly, the dog dies. You stuck my dog, is what Brett says. Brett is distraught about his dead dog. He tosses the keys at them, and Jenny and Steve try to drive away. But they get there are stuck some nice close the, the door,
1: latch key the car moments, aren't there? Where they've got a, you know, they've got a spin in reverse and getaways, two or three in these, and they're done quite well. They're not too corny.
0: Yeah, the kids are attacking, like breaking the windows and
1: headlights and stuff. Now we get some 2008, I guess pre roman slang. Okay, uh, don't do nothing rash, shit, man. Uh, I'm gonna stuck him. Uh, why don't you have a dig? If I get caught, I'll be going to pen. There we go. <laughs>
0: Well, this all happens because when Steve drives out of the mud, he drives really fast through the trees, winds up yeah. hitting a tree. I mean,
1: he could have slowed down to about 15 miles an hour. None of them can run at 15 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, it was a mistake. mistake. It was a rush of blood to the head. He winds up in a when crash car, the
1: conditions.
0: pinned by a branch in a tree.
1: He's, I mean, Yeah, he's crushed in and he's not, he's
0: not going anywhere. Jenny escapes. He tells her to go and go and get help. And yeah. so we now follow Jenny, leaving Steve in the car while the gang are running after the, the scene. We follow her to Daybreak, where she emerges from hiding, and she sneaks back and finds that they've got Steve tied up with barbed wire.
1: Yes, this is cruel. And, um, you know, trigger warning, this is pretty disturbing, gory. realistically gory stuff.
0: Yeah, this is quite disturbing, because Brett is telling his mates to cut him he wants them all implicated he wants them in all the on camera yeah. yeah so his girlfriend Paige, is videoing everything on her phone and he's encouraging them all to, to have a go stab him yeah or in today's vernacular wet him it's not very good legal thinking, is it? Because I think they're all liable already under joint enterprise. Joint, law. joint enterprise, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's, it's uh, irrelevant. Teenagers don't understand joint enterprise. They don't understand I, the law, do they? That's the problem with teenagers. <laughs>
1: you know, they really don't understand the law. I, I really do think, you know, uh, at PSHE, we should have more ethics and society, just uh, as well as Civics. how to handle basic yeah. finance, okay? Of course, but, yeah. Facing the law, what are your responsibilities? He thinks he's going to get him off the fact he's implicated to other people. It's not, is it? I mean, it's just going to, it's going to be stronger evidence, isn't it, to, 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 to condemn them all?
0: Well, it's stronger evidence that he's like the ringleader, isn't it?
1: The ringleader, yeah. So that's more crime, isn't it? That's not just... That's deeply premeditated murder, isn't it? Okay.
0: But I think his real uh, motivation here is to make sure all of his mates think that they're in trouble so they yeah. won't do anything like go... Like and to hurt or...
1: Steve. I mean, to see, how much he's, to see how far his mates will go for him to hurt Steve, but hopefully not kill him.
0: Now, there's a, at this point, there's a real 2008 bit of vintage tech that doesn't make any sense anymore. Doesn't it make, I, I stopped this and I paused I thought, what on earth is
1: going on here?
0: So we've seen, because of the way Explain they got Richard. to the lake, we've seen that Steve has got some Bluetooth GPS device. So it must connect to his phone in some way. And you put it on your windscreen like these days you would just put your phone on the windscreen. And it's a a dedicated GPS device which somehow connects via Bluetooth to his phone. Yeah. So she's got this device from the car. Brett has got Steve's phone. She obviously doesn't have a phone. But what she does is now she's near enough to Steve's phone in Brett's pocket. She can use this Bluetooth device to try and dial 999, I guess you can use it to remote dial. Perhaps there's a, I've crashed button on the GPS, I don't know. But she does that. But as that happens, it causes the phone to ring out or vibrate or whatever. And Brett realises that something is connected via Bluetooth mm. to the phone. He's so a he's, clever boy. He's smart. Instantly he knows. Bluetooth, something about 10 metre range. She must be near. So... She runs away now, they're all pursuing her. What was she hoping to do by ringing his phone? No, she was trying to use the phone to, to, to ring 999.
1: Ring 999. I, yeah. I don't remember that particular Bluetooth
0: function. No, I mean, I didn't recognise the equipment. This would be a using. huge security threat, would it not? I mean, to your phone.
1: But then I guess phones didn't carry huge amounts of information back then, did they?
0: Look, I mean, these days, obviously, your sat-nav is on your phone. And you don't need a separate device. That's the yeah. thing that would make no sense these days. Mm. Placing this firmly in 2008. two thousand and eight, Post-Bluetooth, but pre-smartphone kind of thing, yes. really, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's not totally pre-smartphone. Semi-smartphone. You had iPhones, but I think there was still plenty of clamshell and other kinds of phone going on at the time. Anyway, she finds a little hut, I think, in a worker's hut kind of place. She finds a radio in there, uh, like a two-way radio. But they arrive at the hut and she has to hide by I think she climbed on the roof, doesn't she? Cleverly. They would have discovered it, but they're called away, I'm not sure by what. Well Steve's escaped, hasn't he? While they're all chasing after her, he's wriggled out. Oh, the fatter bang. boy they've left to look after Steve. So she's running away from them and she manages to hook up again with Steve. They find this old shack right on the water line. Yeah. In the trees. She's pulled the first aid kit out of the car and cleans up all the wounds that he's got from them stabbing him. And does he pull the engagement ring at this point? She finds the engagement ring on him, but at that point the gang find the shack. So she climb- so instead of climbing on the roof, she does what this time? She pulls up the floorboards and she Quietly, can go straight physically. out of the, this place into the water underneath. With Steve, who appears to be shivering and almost
1: dying of hypothermia in the water because he's lost, lost a lot of blood.
0: Exactly. Yeah, he's losing blood. He? One of the kids almost
1: goes through through the full blood, but they're not discovered. So close call. The kids leave to
0: scour the area because it's
1: obvious that Steve's dying, isn't he? I think at this point,
0: clearly. And Jenny pulls Steve out onto the bank close by and leaves. I him was there. just thinking at this point because we get some aerial shots, like a drone for either side
1: would have been a game changer here, wouldn't it? Uh,
0: drone, right.
1: Yeah. In 2008, Paul. <laughs>
0: well,
1: I'm saying if well, there weren't drones, but if they, if they had, for whatever reason, through time travel, got a drone in this <laughs> right, yeah. Jeu Sans Frontières, they would have won.
0: The kids would have uh, found it much easier to search using a drone, that is true.
1: And, right? and the two of them would have been, found it easy to find a way out
0: also. I mean, Jenny has a plan for finding a way out, doesn't, doesn't she? Is it to follow the breadcrumbs? No, to follow the power Go to the highest pilots.
1: vantage point and therefore look around. Follow
0: the power pylons. Follow the wires. Oh. You could follow a stream as well, I guess. Pull it. It's not a natural lake. It's a flooded quarry. They're not, oh, not it necessarily... It would lead you back down to the lake, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 you're right. Oh, gosh. So why the
1: pylons? Why would that lead us out?
0: Well, it would go to civilization, man. It? it? would go to school. the village. I
1: see. They'd prepared for the for the new build, so they'd put the power pylons in. I see. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Makes, makes sense. It makes sense. Fairly that vantage point. Have a look around. Also, if if you've no vantage point, no stream that's not near a quarry and no pylons to follow, that's a good one, pylon. The other way is wait till it's obviously afternoon. Your shadow is approximately facing north.
0: Right, in the northern hemisphere. In the northern hemisphere. But I guess if you don't know which hemisphere you're in... Then you're fucked, yeah. You've got much bigger problems. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like Brett and his gang are doing poppers. Because at one point... They they take a sniff of something in a bottle, don't they? Poppers, though. Strange drug of choice, I would have thought. I guess easier to get for the kids, maybe? Not Not expensive. then illegal. Oh, I see. Are they illegal now? Technically, but I mean, they're not particularly restricted, aren't they? Not illegal for cleaning video cassette tape heads, but we don't Correct. have video cassette recorders anymore. Doesn't so. matter, you can still buy them for that purpose. Oh, right, okay. Anyway, Jenny treads on a spike, tumbles down a slope. So she yeah, well, have was a it bad a bear life. trap, or was it just a spike? It was just a Sharp branch or something, wasn't it? She pulls the spike out of her foot in an agonising sequence. They really know how to punish the characters, don't they? In this in this film. Yes. And she stumbles across that Asian kid, Adam. She, he's called apparently. She asks him to lead her to town. He takes her to like a dell with a tire swing. And uh-huh. I think he's telling her that his mummy's going to pick him up or something. Sounds a bit sort of. Not highly credible statements from little Adam, though. He's deceptive, isn't he? And it turns out he just texted Brett on his phone, not his mum, to come pick him up. The gang obviously take her captive now. Brett is blackmailing his whole gang with Paige's footage of them stabbing the guy. The kids have built a, a pyre. This is the, unpleasant, the next unpleasant part. They've tied Steve, who is dead, I think, next to Jenny, who's alive, mm-hmm. and they're pouring petrol all over them and the wood. And Steve starts burning because they set, set the whole thing on fire and she's next to him. And now he wants his... I mean, Brett is getting little Adam to maybe
1: do the rest to to her, Jenny. But he refuses, well, leaving, doesn't he?
0: No, they're leaving him to burn, but the rope that's tying her up burns through. She escapes and kicks a can of fuel over, which sets on fire. And Brett tells her to come back, threatening to that's burn right. Adam. And so
1: Brett does a Buddhist monk with Adam.
0: He puts a tyre around his neck. That's right, and they start pouring petrol on him. She runs away, and we hear screaming. Presumably, they set fire to the little kid.
1: At this point, I thought, is there some weird kind of metaphor going on going on here about drugs? Because she jumps into a A rabbit hole. No, no. she doesn't do that. She 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 jumps into. (laughs) It would be nice if she did. It all went trippy and (laughs) colourful. She jumps into what could only
0: be. Described as either a sewage silo or oh no no what she's done, what she's done is she's found the little visitors area of the little park yeah. that had been oh. created. So there's a map behind a glass thing, I see. which first of all she smashes the glass and takes the map so she can get out of there by following the map. But next to it there's a big green bin like one of those ones with a lift up lid. Oh, not not a wheelie bin, the wide ones. But it's know, full it of shit. Be. Yeah, I think that's the dog poo bin from the park. <gasps> oh,
1: you know I said right. earlier the main I purpose thought... of
0: these parks is for people in the area to. Take their I dogs thought to it was some, a shit. you know, deeply
1: trippy kind of reference to silo side bin. <laughs> silo side bin. I thought she was on the silo side bin. She just tripped out at this point. Wow. Well. Wow, no, that, hey, well, that that that's quite a bad problem, joke. I'm sorry. Well, well, I'm, well sorry. I'm sorry for that. Problem. No, okay. that's a solid <laughs> joke. <laughs> right, okay. But she's in the dog shit. Okay. Now, we were talking about... She sentences. has to hide there because they're coming. I'm now, I admit she's there. heightened with adrenaline. She's probably weary. I still think she would have involuntarily gagged, as we talked about earlier in this, in this, in this, uh, in this episode. Sure. And so yeah. I thought that was the least convincing thing. She could have gagged and controlled it, I think, once she'd emptied her stomach and stopped retching,
0: but she doesn't. And so that for me was unconvincing. When Brett and his lieutenant leave, she jumps out of the ship bin. She takes <laughs> a glass shard. Lots of the them, thing. I think. She she sharpens did, no, just one. She wraps one. a rag around its hand, handle. She knows what she's doing as a handle. And when one of the younger young fucking lethal, Jenny. I mean, fair play. When one of the younger ones, and he is quite young, I'm guessing 13.
1: Or... He's that boy that was in my England or something. He was famous and then never, nothing ever came of him.
0: He approaches her and before she even waits to see what he wants, she turns around, spins around and stabs him in the neck with it. And he dies choking you See, I think Jenny should have waited because she knows where they fucking
1: live, doesn't she? And again, <laughs> you know, if you're facing teenagers, don't confront immediately.
0: Oh, right. You know. Get them at their weakest. Get them at their weakest, you know. I see. Etc. Sorry. The rest of the gang find the dead kid with a glass shard in his neck. I think um, he's related
1: to one of them, and they're distraught, obviously.
0: Yeah, one of them loses it and tries to use the phone to get the. She knows them. their
1: arteries. There's no way he's,
0: he's twitching back into life. No way. Brett gets angry at he's using the phone and beats him up. Jenny, meanwhile, she's found a way to the road, and a van is coming. She stops in front of. Uh, she you know stands in front of the van and stops it. Gets in. And the driver says he'll give her a lift, of course. But he says he's looking for his little brother.
1: She says, OK, well, just get us to town now. He says, no, this isn't the way to town. I'm headed into the forest, you know.
0: To get his brother. And obviously Uh-oh. his brother's one of the kids. Yeah, Jen's Maybe a bit, a bit slow killed. to realise, isn't she, you know? Obviously, it's one of, one of the pterotots. He drives to the gate the developers mm-hmm. have put in place in the fence. Two of the kids are coming out through the side of the fence... And he stops and beeps and kind of waves and they have words. Jenny takes a chance because he's jumped out of the car. She, and this is the third time he in a car
1: and he's almost caught, yeah. Well done. She makes the same mistake as Steve. She's driving too fast and, of course, crashes the car. It's, I no, no, it's no, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Eventually. No, she runs over Paige. She the, does, well the done. The girlfriend of Bray yeah. jumps out of the woods into the road. She's she hit Deliberately, by Jenny and Jenny speeds up. I
1: mean, who wouldn't?
0: She does eventually. Hey, she has called her a
1: dog. Right. So I think mean, that's fair enough. <laughs> I think it's even Stevens.
0: She drives into the village, she crashes. Crash. After she's nearly T boned, in fact. But she's, presumably,
1: you know, if you're covered in dog shit and you're suffering from post traumatic stress disorder, I guess you might be travelling a little bit too fast. Shall we allow she, her that? I think let's all allow her that.
0: She goes into the the pub where the the B and B where they went to the first night, but it's like a hectic party is going on in the back with bouncy castles and Hot tub and stuff like that. Playing Mel and Kim, Respectable on the... Uh... I thought she was going to jump in the hot tub and clean herself off. That would have been good, yeah. She finds herself, though, in this in this pub, in this house, which is obviously the parents of the kids are all there. They're at like a party for the village. And all the parents are there, including the parents of all these kids. And she's begging for the ambulance for the police. And the woman of the household is trying to look after her because they initially don't know what's going on. It's just this, this crazy woman covered in shit stand up. <laughs> and she winds up in the bathroom trying to clean herself off, with all this angry shouting going on outside, including Brett's dad, who's outside, getting real aggro and apparently hearing about stuff. Brett, because Brett's shown up as presumably telling them what's going on, or that
1: Brett's told a very clever story. I mean, it doesn't look good for Jenny, from, you know, from his the, story, the side of the story that he's telling, is that her and a crazy boyfriend that he's had to kill. Have just murdered... Is it, What's her body count? Is it two or three? But he can pass two of the murders that he's, he's done. Well, she's onto.
0: run one girl
1: over. She yeah. stabbed one guy in the neck. A little kitty, yeah, which they're really angry about. But the other two, he can pass over on her, can't he? Yeah, that's yeah. right. The he kid he, he that could, could say burnt, potentially yeah. the crazy cow killed her boyfriend too, you know. So all five or six of the kills, he could quite convincingly, as he's prepared to do, make it seem that she's done so. I thought this is the end of the movie, you know, in the shower. Wow, what a trip. But it's not, obviously... She's going to make a grisly end, isn't she?
0: Brett's dad has clearly got a criminal record. He's been in prison, because Brett's talked about his father being, having been in prison. And he pulls her into the back into the bathroom, threatening everyone to keep quiet, and tells Brett to go to his room. Brett is in his room deleting all the videos that were on Paige's phone that were evidence. And we, I think we hear her scream, don't we, in, in the mm. bathroom. So the terrifying ending of this film is that Jenny escapes these crazy teenagers. kind of thing, yeah. And winds up in their family's home, getting killed by the dad of the, the antagonist. It's a pretty bleak, horrific ending, isn't it? It's a nice ending, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to contrast, right? Like, we've been watching these Korean movies... Yeah. ...where... Time and again, the heroes in those Korean movies are the underprivileged, the lower classes, the working-class people. Yeah. Just doing their stuff, you know. And they wind up, you know, fighting monsters or doing whatever it is or fighting the megacorp. But here, in this British movie, we've got this middle-class couple who are being terrorised by this, these sort of underprivileged working-class kids.
1: But let's, let's face facts. I mean, that beach, that, lake, that lakeside was their chicken restaurant. It was the locals' chicken restaurant, wasn't it? Essentially, it belongs to the community. And they are invaders, aren't they? So, I mean... So you're siding with the kids? Not necessarily, <laughs> but, you know, looking at it from your perspective, you just pointed out, is, is the the sympathy is very much set up for us to identify with Steve
0: and annoying Jenny, isn't it? You know, so, <laughs> I mean, there's sanctimonious but to a degree. But why is yeah. it? Why is it that... We're so ready to accept these teenage yobbos. We even have words for them, you know, chavs, hoodies or whatever. In in this country, we're so ready to accept the underprivileged working-class people as the villains, whereas in the Korean movie, clearly in Korea, they don't see it that way at all. The class kind of thing is inverted completely. Why is it that Jacob Rees-Mogg is elected as an MP routinely, even though he's clearly an idiot? Whereas it's very easy for us to see working class as the villains. That seems a really interesting observation sociologically about the British it mindset.
1: does, not it? A counter-argument, I'm not sure how much the it holds, is that the British working class are objectively worse behaved than others.
0: If you watch these two movies... Well, you might sorry. think so, yeah. If you yeah, watch yeah. the movies that we've watched from Korea and this one, yeah, you, you would be forced to conclude that our working class are horrible. Well, that can't possibly be true. But yeah. you're completely right. The way they're always depicted in Korea, and in a lot of Asian movies, actually, China would be no different. You know, the working class are depicted as honourable and hardworking and, you know, toiling away and struggling and admirable sure, aren't they? But to what extent do we have a working class in the United Kingdom these days?
1: I mean, these are kids in a very kind of... These are entre- these, these are entrepreneurial post-working class people who've done well for themselves and have got the...
0: They're criminals, cream like, Clearly yeah, the cr- criminal families.
1: Well, pub. Well, you know, fence pub, mates the dealer, you know. I mean, it, it's... The
0: I mean, guy's been to prison. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. The dad, the dad, Brett's dad. The thing is... These kids are... But is that fair enough? I think it's fair enough to say. I mean, if you come from an underprivileged background in the UK, there are
1: very few ways to make advancement unless you do cut a few corners. social mobility
0: is terrible, absolutely. These kids are the kind of underprivileged, working-class tearaways... Tearaways, yeah. ...that you get in inner cities. Spa kids, yeah. They're not not in rural kind of leafy villages with, you know, a pretty pub and a, a, a flooded quarry. Surely. No, that's not true. It's a weird inversion going on here. They're in the wrong place.
1: They're in the wrong place. And if they were in that place, their parents could have sold up the house for three times its value and retired. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Could have bought similar size things eight miles towards town and just retired for the rest of their lives kind of thing. So, yeah, it doesn't work, does it? Uh, these people are living in the
0: Peak District. or And yet they, <laughs> they come across like council estate. All them the, do. The parents they do. and the kids. It's really weird, isn't it? But we, again, we've been educated
1: how to think it, particularly through Shameless. I think it's got quite a lot to answer for in, high, in retrospect, in hindsight, about how council estate kids behave. Sure. And certainly some yeah. of them do behave like that. They do hang out outside the, store, the spa. They do throw bricks through police car windows and they do set fire to stuff, you know, some of them. Uh, but I, th- I think it remains actually quite a small minority, doesn't it? And of course, in the last five years, we've got the knife crime epidemic, which is a whole... That's a whole different kind of more sweeping broad stroke of youth society in the uk is and so that it's perhaps less tangible in terms of class or identity it's interesting you bring this point i mean class is i mean this, this movie is centered around class a lot of its moral dynamics and mechanics function around that don't they in terms of what is aggression or what's the middle class response to aggression at what point can you become so piqued and sanctimonious that you do worse things than's been done to you? Mm, I, mm. And I think the British middle class has this idea that they're still the rulers of the world. And if, you know, at some point we can tolerate it, but, but then if, if it's not cricket anymore, then we're going to behave in a beastly way, kind of thing. And I think all that is quite subtly and not
0: intentionally expressed through the movie. The interesting thing is that Brett and his father, I suppose, but certainly Brett, is portrayed as being irredeemably psychotic. Right. He, yeah, but
1: Brett comes out okay, doesn't he? That's the message of the movies. It, yeah, in modern Britain, it pays to be a monster. He gets away with
0: it. Pays his friends are led along by him, mostly. Yes. I mean, they don't stand up to him very, very well, particularly his girlfriends, say, but but they generally come, off, come out of it worse, don't they? They come off quite badly, generally.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a clear kind of, not psychodynamic, but there's a real, real politic functioning here, which is like, be a beast, but be a clever beast. And, you know, that's how you... That's how you survive the unforgiving terrors of being a teenager in in, in modern Britain.
0: Jenny, I think, is depicted pretty much as the innocent victim, though she does, as you say, commit at least two (laughs) manslaughters or murders during the film. She's almost more than anybody else, I think. Yes, I think Brett does three, but she's she's getting up there. Steve has a chronic failure to de-escalate. He's not remotely streetwise. The right thing to have done would have been, as you say, to have left them to it, really. He should back. have sucked up a little bit of his pride and swallowed a bit of it, shouldn't he? It's not worth it, is it? It's not worth the hassle and the aggravation. And it's certainly not conducive to a romantic proposal on the lakeshore to start an argument with the local, the local teenagers. It's just not going to end well, is it? Well, if, if, if you are going to argue with them, make it humorous and make it banterous, you know. He, sure. But he wasn't. Yeah, he was just bad tempered. wasn't Well, he? Brett was a psychopath, wasn't he? So anything could have happened. Nobody comes across or out of this film looking all that good, really, do they? That's the thing. That's why it's so bleak. They're all really terrible people.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure, that, you know, 15 years later, we need this level of realistic gratuitous violence and torture.
0: Let's score this film, Paul. Mm. Let's start with acting, which I've got Great. to say. Fastbender, Jack O'Connell, Kelly Riley, all really good. Yeah, so I'll give it an eight for the acting.
1: Yeah, I thought generally, although you say it's juxtaposed with a strange semi-rural setting, the slob and the slobs and the snobs kind of, uh, the <laughs> slobishness of the parents, you know, came across quite nicely, didn't it, in terms of how we were supposed to pigeonhole them through their behaviour in terms of their class dynamics. Uh, and all that was well portrayed in terms of what audience would expect. So, yeah, a 7.5 for the acting from me. We
0: have to talk about plot.
1: Yeah, the plot, racked along a nice old pace. Uh, it was full of one or two twists and turns and a nice surprise at the end, which we've just spoiled for everybody if you haven't seen this before. I remember when I first watched this, I was pretty much wowed by this movie. It's faded a little bit over 15 years. I mean, it, it's obviously it's obvious era, isn't it? And people have seen a lot of movies from this era. But nonetheless, I think the plot is a strong point. I just wasn't too convinced about her not retching when she jumped in dog shit. Uh, for me, an eight...
0: It's of its time the tech really dates it because of that pivotal moment that nobody will now understand. And (laughs) it does have this weird thing where we've got these council estate kids in like the Cotswolds or whatever it is. So, but it is properly bleak. Yeah. It does pull no punches really. Yeah. Ah. Did you see the ending or not? Did
1: Did you see her escaping to be, escape into another locked
0: Air, airlock kind of thing. I'll tell you what, at the beginning. It's very claustrophobic, it, isn't all it? All through this movie, there's a strong sense evocative of the folk horror stuff, like Midsummer and. Yes. And like the. Actually, like the comedy one we watched, All oh, My Friends Hate Me, has the same folk ele- folk horror element, doesn't it? Played yes, relax it does in that one. Yes. But it's the same thing here, you know. They've gone away to a village where they're not really welcome. It's side eye glances in the. In the pub, isn't it? When they Have
1: up? you ever been chased across fields by a, by, a, by a soldier who looks a bit bonkers?
0: I think we've all had the experience of at least being told that the fam- farmer who lives here has a shotgun, haven't we? And, well, you know, farmers
1: do have, all farmers have shotguns, several, yeah.
0: And so you've got to run away when you're trespassing because it, obviously the farmer would just shoot kids. That's what farmers obviously, do. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the, the farmer <laughs> will shoot things stronger than salt pellets into your flesh. And won't face any kind of prosecution whatsoever. (laughs) We've all been exploring that haunted house haven't we? at that moment. I actually walked through my cousin's field of bulls accidentally.
0: Oh, bulls are genuinely dangerous. Genuinely.
1: And he was just shaking his head. Genuinely dangerous, yeah. He didn't know who I was at that point. we have not seen each other for years. He was like, who is this fucking townie? (laughs) To get killed.
0: (laughs) In summary, I'll give it a seven for the plot and be done with it. Yes. Okay, scares and horror. It's not... A supernatural horror, so that's good in my book. Mm-hmm. It's very tense, isn't it? And there are some it horrific scenes. Yeah, I've got to give it a seven for this.
1: I found myself rooting, and I thought the, the several of the aspects, like the half closable door in the shack they discover. You know, the rickety floorboards in the
0: overwater kind of fishing lodge. The bit where he inexplicably goes into the kid's house. Very tense.
1: Yes, all <laughs> those really sort of what are you doing that on a ledge, kind of. Oof, icky moments I thought were really effective they put me on the edge of the sofa and for that reason I'm going to score it an eight I wouldn't score I would score it higher but I just some of the gore just grossed me out a little bit too much and nobody wants to see a dead
0: Rockefeller do they huh. I don't know now <laughs> that's three categories should we go straight to overall or do we have a fourth let's go
1: overall I mean there are some other stuff but I'm, I'm, I, can, I can include a lot of the stuff in my overall score
0: Overall, then, I think it's quite an impactful movie. Yes,
1: it's at least a seven. It might be an eight for uh, me. I'm going to jump in here. You can score it later. It's a necessarily unsettling. uh yes. seven point five. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll go seven point five. I'll stipulate to that.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Ooh. Good movie, and I definitely recommend. It's just lost a couple of points over fifteen long years.
0: Well, I'm glad I've seen it finally. Ah, you're not seen it. Before. That was my first. I think that was my first time seeing it. Yeah, it's the first so. time for everything, Richard, including sex in a forest. Right. Okay. So
1: <laughs> let's have a look now at next, week, next week. There's no choice on this one. I think we're being directed
0: by ourselves. There is a dictat. What we're going to see is that right, Richard? There is a dictat. Yes. So we're going to go to the cinema. Yeah. Now. See. Now I'm COVID negative. I can do these things. You could have done it and been irresponsible if you wanted to. Yeah, well, now I can do so safely and with clear conscience we're going to go and see The Creator the Gareth Edwards AI film It's a sci-fi we're Big deal. things about it expecting to say big things too Until the
1: next Series broadcast. 4,
0: episode 11 Yeah Until then when we'll be watching and reviewing The Creator goodbye from me Let's chaffing out See you on the next one Bye Drive by Cinema Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun. Drive by cinema. Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun.